Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Meet your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. What's up, Fabs? What is up, my friend? Boy, what a weird weekend. It was a very weird weekend. Very strange. We'll get to that and yeah. plenty more, of course, joining us, as always, on a Monday. It is our next gen stats genius. Our next genius? I don't know. Uh, Graham Barfield, what's up, man? He's just our genius. I mean, I will take the genius praise, but I'm far <laughs> from a genius. Um, oh, so it was a weird, weird week. Uh, we had a lot of quarterbacks kind of fall on their faces in big situations. Uh, we'll start looking a little bit at next year and some key players uh, or guys who've, who've played well over the last few weeks, how we feel about them potentially going into next year. Also, we'll start looking at maybe some of the top 10 QBs uh, potentially for next year, where we think some of these guys who are on the fringes right now might possibly get drafted next year. Also do your Monday moaning because, uh, you know, it's playoff time. And so I'm sure there are a lot of people out there with some sadness. And we'll get you some waiver wire picks for that final week of your fantasy playoffs. Because it is the final week of the fantasy playoffs. Friends don't let friends play in week 17. <laughs> uh, joining us, as always, behind the glass, our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Hey. Esquire. Murph, what's up? I wanted to bring it up to you guys. Do you ever have that one person in any of your leagues that nobody else in the league likes? Do you yep. have yep. the entire league texting you if you're going to face that person in the championship? Like, please beat him. Please beat him. <laughs> which player should I drop for you to pick up? Like, just please, like, I need you to beat him. So I'm, I'm currently dealing with that in one of my leagues. Oh, well, so I, I don't deal with collusion. Well, that's not happening. The, which is, the, which is what veto. you're talking that about. That would be veto. But I do deal with leagues where we don't want certain people to win. They're the one everyone's <laughs> tired of winning. So I was no, just yeah. about to say, Eddie, you just committed a treasonous crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I now, now you are on well, record. No, no, no. First of all, I'll say my team does not need any other players, okay. uh, this this current team, and, and I would not allow that to happen. But that's how bad. Badly, players, uh, the other competitors in my league want me to beat this one person because they want me to take their best players. Well, when this goes to trial, okay, yeah, we, we now have audio proof. Okay, <sighs> see, yeah. I wanted plausible deniability oh. in case I was subpoenaed. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's plenty. Uh, I don't know. That's plenty to talk about. We talked about plenty. We'll talk about plenty more. Uh, all I'm trying to say is basically, you know, let's do some news. <laughs> Through the news. Well, a lot of folks, uh, yours truly included, had a bit of a mini freak out because Todd Gurley <laughs> sat out at some point last night in the Rams loss to the Eagles because his knee was not great. He got on the stationary bike, did come back in late in the game, didn't help the Rams get a win, but he did get a touchdown late, which certainly helped a lot of fantasy managers. But according to our own Ian Rappaport, he is getting that knee checked out. Uh, I mean, there's no other way to say this, Fabs, other than, look, we've we've seen so many top-level running backs gone for multiple reasons throughout the fantasy postseason. This is just one more ding. This is just one more bad, potentially, thing that's happening in the fantasy postseason. I can't remember, and I'm not saying that Gurley's not going to play this week because, obviously, he's going to get out there, if at all possible, but I can't remember another fantasy season where so much was riding on backup running backs, and... 
Heck, Damian Williams helped a lot of people this past week. So did Justin Jackson, among others. And now Jamal Williams could end up being a league winner for you in week 16. But Marcus and I have preached this and we talked about it weeks ago. Once you get close to the fantasy playoffs, you've got to handcuff your top running backs because if you don't, this is exactly what's happening. Jalen Samuels, another guy, played extremely well. By the way, Pittsburgh. I'm telling you, if you put Marcus Grant in that backfield, he's giving you 125 yards and a touchdown. Anybody who goes back there I don't know, my has produced. Uh, listen, man, I've seen you. All right. You've got a good 40 time. Uh, it, it is ridiculous. It really is uh, how good Steelers running backs perform when they get an opportunity. We've seen it with Lev and James Conner and D'Angelo. And now we've seen it with Jalen Samuels and Conner could be back. But this is a situation, guys, where. Take this as as a, a learning experience ahead of 2019. You've got to handcuff your stud running backs once you get close to the playoffs. I'll say this, and I'll ask you, Graham, like, okay, so obviously earlier in the week, yes, you're going out and you're maybe getting John Kelly, right? If we get to Saturday, though, and it looks like Gurley's going to play, which, you know, all indications right now that he's fine, do you drop John Kelly and go get somebody else that can potentially help? Because once we get to Sunday and it kicks, like once you put Gurley in, like that's it. There's no going back. I do that all the time. And it just comes down to being, I guess, a, I don't know, preemptive manager, I guess right. I'd say. is just like you're constantly churning. You should be constantly churning your roster and putting you know, your, yourself in at least the most advantageous situation at all times and actually using your bench. Because so many players... And so many managers just keep like the same players on their bench throughout the whole season. And that's just not really you're not really giving yourself the best yeah. chance to win. You're and, not keeping your roster fresh. And also, too, if your opponent this week has Gurley and you have waiver priority, you go out and get John Kelly. OK, all's fair in love and fantasy football. You're in it to win it. So make sure your opponent doesn't have Gurley. Put in a claim if he does, and maybe put in a claim even if he doesn't, just in case, because uh, it's, well, it was nice to have shares of the Rams offense. Lately, it that's, hadn't been, uh, but yeah, typically it is. What the hell has happened to the Rams? That's gone like Jared sideways. Goff got into the DeLorean, went 88 miles per hour, back to his rookie season, and he sucks again. They're, what they're, is going on? Their interior offensive line is really struggling right now. Mm. They've given up a ton of pressure over the last month. Um it's kind of notable, like, they don't really have a lot of depth in the interior and mm -hmm. on the exterior. And Andrew right. Whitworth is, like, 37 now. We've kind of seen this offensive line fall a little bit apart here, and we're starting to see some cracks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think teams have figured out different ways to defend them. I know Bears fans are, are you know, sort of crowing that they're the ones who, who broke the uh, the Rams, but <laughs> I, I might I might give that a little bit to the Lions, who, who kind of figured out how to, you know, the Lions lost that game, but yeah. they made life hard on that offense a couple of weeks Lions ago. Lions have been a weird team, man. They, such a weird because they've beaten <laughs> some decent teams, right? I mean, so they've, they've looked. My, my pal Seth Rollins, who's been on the show with us from WWE, uh, texted me yesterday and said, "If the Bears can get the two seed or the one seed, that he might actually cry." Like, and this is a big strapping wrestler. He's like such a huge Bears fan, and I mean, you could it's make not an impossible. You could make an argument right now that the two favorites in each conference, Chicago and Los Angeles, and I'm not talking about the Rams, I'm talking about the Chargers. Uh, make that argument. It is possible. There's Chargers. It is right now. Yeah. Uh, Nick Foles is going to get the start again in week 16. Obviously came to Los Angeles, led the Eagles to a win over the Rams. Carson Wentz won't go on injured reserve. I'll start with you, Graham. Like what we saw last night out of Nick Foles, he made Alshon Jeffrey relevant at a point where I think a lot of us, my, certainly myself, thought that you know, maybe Alshon was sort of done and it was all about Zach Ertz. So yeah, I don't know that anybody is going to have the intestinal fortitude to start Nick Foles, but maybe this gives you more hope for somebody like Alshon Jeffrey now? Yeah, we've seen a little bit of a rapport um, between Foles and Jeffrey, particularly in the playoffs last year. Jeffrey had a massive playoff stretch, and we saw it again last night against the Rams defense. But it was kind of kind of a weird game from the sense that like the Eagles didn't really do too much on offense outside of like a few big chunk plays to Jeffrey. They obviously had like the 40 plus yard bomb where mm -hmm. both Jeffrey and Aguilar were in the same, part same of the field. spot and there were no Rams. It was, a, it was a total blown it coverage over the top. That was a really weird. Ertz had a bad game and Smallwood had two touchdowns. Yeah, er yeah, exactly. Like Ertz had his first bad game of the year. Uh, we saw two random touchdowns. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we can go back to Jeffrey and if you have him, if, he didn't sink you to get to this point in your championship yeah. week. You I have him in a couple bit. of leagues. I started him this week, and yeah. I didn't even like it. 
I'm thinking him against Tlaib <laughs> with Nick Foles Marcus, under center. Ugh. I, I got to give you credit, MG, because you have said all year, you're like, I don't know what to make of the Eagles. And all year, we've had no idea what to no make of the Eagles. Like, I have no idea. I've never had any clue like what is up or down with this team. Um, you know, Now here they are. They're playing decent football down the stretch. I can't figure I, I can't figure out how they're still in the playoff hunt. I mean, they're legitimate. Why? Because the Cowboys took right it in there. the throat yesterday. Because the, the NFC East is like the four stooges, and they just keep falling they're, all over each other. Well, they're, 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 in, they're in line for perhaps even a wild card spot at this point. It's it's, it's amazing. I mean. I digress. Uh, it's weird. I mean, so like, like the Giants, are are they actually officially eliminated there, now? Yeah, the Packers are out too. The yeah. Packers are out too, but everybody else seems like they have a – Dude, if the Redskins win that division with Josh Johnson under center, my goodness gracious, that's a nightmare that's, I care not a, to have. That would be embarrassing. Uh-huh. Uh, Tyler Boyd suffered an MCL sprain in the game against the Raiders on Sunday. So they're running that out means that's, of wide that's pretty much a That's pretty much a wrap for, I mean. With He's probably done for the season, I would think. I would think so at this point. And then yeah. we're rushing out to the waiver wire to pick up Alex Erickson, right, Graham? Uh, no? Cody Kaur? Everyone has died in Cincinnati. Cody Cody Kaur? John Ross? No? Um, no? I mean, so it's Joe Mixon, and, like, that's that's it now, right? CJ Uzama now. We're not going to go there. There's, there's just, it's just Joe Mixon left. In that's there. it, dude. That's, there's nobody else that's there. It. Yeah. That ha- I'm like, yeah, Alex Erickson. Cody Core has 11 catches it, this it, year. Got, you, you got Malone on the roster, too. He was inactive, though, this past week. September so. seems like a long time ago when the Bengals looked really good. Yeah. <laughs> for the first yeah, month of the season. And then yep. now it's, 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 it's bad. all gone away. Uh, Joe Flacco, not expected to return to the Ravens in 2019. So that obviously signals that this is Lamar Jackson's job going mm-hmm. forward. So that's cool. I guess my only question is, does Joe Flacco land a starting job somewhere? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. That, that, he would be a perfect fit there, right? He would be. The Jags need a quarterback. They're not going to go out and, and, and sign a guy for big dough. Joe Flacco would be a nice fit there. And it seems like every time there's a quarterback available, hey, Tyrod Taylor, go to Jacksonville. No, well, not Joe Flacco, go to Jacksonville. Because Blake Bohr, that's done. There, uh, that. That 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 ship has sailed, yeah, Marcus. I, so, uh, and they're not going with Cody Kessler. So, I mean, Flacco looks like a I mean fit. But I I just they've got a running game and they've got talent on defense. I mean, it's, I mean, I guess he's an upgrade from Cody Kessler and or Blake Bortles, but like he's just so average. Like, he's elite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just, you know, I think that maybe where he ends up, maybe he goes to Washington if they can figure out some sort of, you know, their financial situation. Well, hopefully Alex Smith is going to be okay and will come back. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's coming back soon. Like, I, I, I suspect they're going to go into 2019 without Alex Smith around there. Yep. Um, so they got to figure out their quarterback situation. Money, obviously, is an issue for them because they've got a lot of money tied up in Alex Smith and yeah, what but have you. We always say this, but the cap space keeps increasing. And yep. these teams get so crafty and they re- they change con- – they'll, also, they'll rewrite contracts. Like I like to say. NFL contracts are merely like payment suggestions. Yeah, they're not. They're not in every other sport. A contract is a contract. In the NFL, it is a payment suggestion because they can let you go. And you know, unless what about our, wait? Are our contracts payment suggestions? Probably. Well, you got nervous now. Actually, I wouldn't say that too loud because I don't want people to get ideas around here. Um, <laughs> Eli Manning is going to start again, and the Giants are quote hopeful that Odell Beckham Jr. will play. You know what, Eddie? I got to bring you in here, and I just got to ask why. I. It's Eli this year has been looks okay in certain games, and you're like, oh, they score 30 points, and like in the first half, like, oh, the offense could be something, and they're like, oh, they're running the ball with Saquon, and oh, OBJ's hurt, and they're still like, and then and then he has a game like he did yesterday, and granted, the Titans defense is pretty good, but I don't know, I think the last uh, game or two, like, just give me some Kyle Aletta, give me get, like, give me something right? just to watch, like, figure out something because he's expensive the future is not with him obviously just based on age alone um the the offensive core is super young so why does it make sense to have a 38 year old quarterback but um i don't i don't think the giants themselves and i've said this before to you guys i don't think they know the direction of the team that's that's the unfortunate problem i mean they aren't helped by and we, we've talked about this before they're not helped with the quarterback class in this draft because it's not particularly great, especially if Justin Herbert does not come out. If sure. he goes back to Oregon for one more year. Yep. Plus, look what they're picking now, too. The win- right. By winning those they, games. They even, some even, games. The, <laughs> even the ones that are coming out, they might not get a chance to get them. Like They have to hope that Herbert and Haskins both come out because I don't know what else they want to do. Yeah, so they're 5-9 and nine right now. And it just... You know, I mean, I guess for fantasy pur- purposes, sure, let's have OBJ come back and play because that helps, but just from an actual football standpoint, like I just I don't know what's going on. 
I have no idea. Same goes for Barkley too. Why why run him why? thirty times? Like just don't like don't let them both sit out. Guys, you, you did great this year. Just take the last two just games take, off. Yeah, take the last Se- two weeks seriously. off. So I don't know. Anyway, uh Dave Gettleman, he's got all the answers. Uh there you go. That is pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> was the news control center by cavo is the one remote that does it all you know this holiday season help your loved ones take control of their tv with the gift of control center control center cleans up your home theater so you can control everything connected to your tv with one easy to use remote and stop wasting precious time searching for shows plug in your streamer sound system cable or satellite even your game console and control center handles it all it's easy for everyone to use even your father-in-law who can't get the game on wow that's a shot Uh, There's also a Find My Remote feature, so you don't need to panic if it disappears into the couch. Control Center works with Amazon Alexa and Google Home, so you can even watch TV hands-free. Relax this holiday season and enjoy stress-free TV with Control Center. Shop now, get 40% off Control Center with promo code LIVE. That's $59.95, 40% off regular pricing of $99.95. Control Center is available at CAAVO.com and Best Buy, Control Center by Cavo. One remote, that does it all. All right, week 15. It was a weird one. A lot of things uh, did not go as planned. And maybe the biggest one came at the quarterback position, where there were a lot of big-name quarterbacks this week that let people down in big ways, in big situations. I mean, let's look at the the top quarterback scoring for the week. I mean, Do Matt, we have to? Matt Ryan at number one, like, okay, fine. They're playing Arizona. That That's that's plausible. Deshaun Watson at two. Okay, I can get behind that. But more about, like, where some of the big names finish. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, 13. Tom Brady, 14. Ben Roethlisberger, 15. Um, Jared Goff, 20. Andrew Luck, 22. Dak Prescott, 25. It was bad. It was bad. I mean, Dak, ugh, Dak sucked. And then and then even, you know, Mariota had a bad game. Winston had a bad game, although we kind of knew that was going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I saw that one. Baltimore, rain. But the question I have now is, and, and I know the answer, uh, at least I have my opinion on that, outside of Patrick Mahomes, there's not a must-start quarterback in the National Football League anymore. It isn't like, you know, when you had Aaron Rodgers and, you know, we all Tom Brady was a guy you were starting every single week. Cam Newton was a guy you were starting every single week. It ain't like that anymore. It's just not. And Marcus and I last week, it was funny because we both, we both were so worried about Josh Allen, although we did kind of like him. We were so worried that we, we just freaked ourselves out into not starting him. And this guy ended up scoring 19 points, 19 and he points. didn't really do it with his legs. He had a rushing touchdown. But at this point, because the quarterback position gets such a big advantage, and this week it was a lot of big names had had awful stat lines, but some lesser guys had good 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 not, uh, lines as well. At this point, like, are, are there any must-start quarterbacks anymore, except for Mahomes? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I mean, I guess I don't really 100% know how to answer. Cause I look at this. I, I looked at last week though, and I, I I felt like on Monday or Tuesday that there was just a lot of iffy quarterback matchups last week. There were a lot of things. I mean, like Andrew Luck going against Dallas. That was not a sure thing. You know, you mentioned Jameis going against the the Ravens. I mean, we knew that that was going to be difficult. Even, you know, Aaron Rodgers against the Bears was not going to be a sure thing. But, I mean, we all like Brady and Big Ben, and they both sucked. I mean, like 13 points apiece. But that was was always also in the realm of outcomes, too, that they, they could have average games. So last week, but I look at this week, right, and I immediately see, you know, Saints and Falcons. So, like, Drew Brees. Let's go. You know, so I think I think last week was sort of worst case scenario because you had questionable matchups that also but golf sideways. Great matchup. Yeah, that was one that, that you know, just went bad. I mean, there there that was just just, went bad. I think this the the Patriots Steelers, if you look at the history between these two teams, especially when Brady and Big Ben have been under center. It's been a point smorgasbord. So and Rodgers, I get, you know, bad matchup. But Kirk Cousins. Good matchup. Miami's been bad. Yeah, but Kirk Cousins hasn't been good. I know, but I mean, it's it's you, you look at the matchup and you're thinking, you know, Kirk Cousins is a startable option. There was a bunch of just weird stuff that happened. Like Kirk Cousins started the game 7 of 7 for right. like 105 yards and a score. Uh-huh. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense got to midfield like six times yesterday and then yeah. didn't cross midfield. Like they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. It was just... We almost say this every single week. It's different versions of weird in the NFL. <laughs> and this this past week, I mean, we only had Rivers and Goff throw for over 300 yards. Nobody, uh, nobody th- threw for three or more passing scores. 
Um, I mean, I think we had, I think I counted, uh, you know, there were two, two starters that had fewer than a hundred passing yards this past week. Uh, let's see. We got two, six, uh, what, 10, 10, 11 guys. I think that had uh, fewer than 200 passing yards. I mean, it just was just a strange. Yeah. Week. But even, I mean, you look even last week too, right? I mean, Breeze had a bad game. Rivers had a bad game. Cam had a bad game. Cousins had a bad game. So I don't know it, I don't know that it's restricted to just this week. We're just seeing uh, a movement at the quarterback position where we're seeing some lesser named guys who are going out there and putting up numbers. I mean, heck, Lamar Jackson's been better than Drew Brees in the last four weeks. Yeah, the the whole running backs don't matter thing is so played out. It should just be now quarterbacks. Quarterbacks don't matter. In fantasy. I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, look, man. I, look, the, the Eagles plugged in a backup and won a Super Bowl, and then they take down the you know, one of the top two seeds in the NFC with that same On the road. On the road. On the road. Right. A ton yeah. of injuries. Right. So, obviously, quarterbacks don't matter. Well, and there won't be many quarterbacks <laughs> drafted in the first 50 picks next season and. There should never be. I might. Well, you know, but I mean, well, like, Mahomes will in be. our in the leagues that we're in. Mahomes, yeah. Mahomes will be. That's, but no, Mahomes certainly will be. But who else? That's the interesting. Who else? Who else? Well, you know what? Nobody. I, I would have said before this last three weeks, Jared Goff would have been there. This last three weeks has probably knocked him out of that. Top uh, 50, man. Yeah, because because you're talking about a young quarterback in you know, running attached, one of the. Exactly. He's attached to a high scoring off. Right. I mean, I, so yeah. like the last three weeks, I think, have calmed down any of that hype. But before that, yeah, I think it, he would have been in the leagues that we draft again other industry experts or amongst ourselves, you're going to see Mahomes as a top 50 pick and you probably won't see another quarterback right. come off the board but until the 10th round. Outside of Honest. that, and I, and this was, I always, I love, I sort of love doing mock drafts and I love like kind of drafting outside of the industry because it's sort of eye-opening as to how people draft. Yeah. You're in these drafts and like there are three quarterbacks gone in the fourth round. You're like, whoa, hang on. Like you have to sort of recalibrate a little bit because mm-hmm. I think, I think outside of you know, the industry or the high end or the, you know, just the, the degenerate leagues that we all play in, um, they're going to be, you know, the Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, I still think, you know, just the name value of Aaron Rodgers. I think Andrew Luck. Like, these are guys that are well, going to come off the board early. We'll see Superflex and two QB leagues skyrocket in terms of their popularity the next couple of years just because there's 25 quarterbacks every on a given week that could you feel comfortable with playing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it's, it is... There's just more quality quarterback play in the NFL. And the league rules have adjusted to the point where quarterbacks have major advantages. Now, another position that tanked, and it's been tanking all year, but this was an especially large tank, I guess. I don't know. I mean, tight end was bad. Like Evan Anger right now is your highest scoring tight end at 15 points. Then you've got Garrett Selleck, Trey Burton, Kelsey, who, again, did not have a big game against the Chargers. And then some dude named Jeremy Sprinkle. Jeremy okay? Sprinkle was, uh, I mean, coming out of what, the Arkansas, I yeah. think? Was, uh, so he was a, he was a dra- good draft prospect. He Well, I, I wish I started him this week because he had 10 fantasy points. You had five tight ends in PPR leagues with 10 or did more points. Did you forget Lee Smith? That is it. Lee Smith <laughs> scored. He had the 1-1-1 one, one, one line, man. That's right. Yeah, 7.15 I want you points. to guess who, outside of, without cheating, mm. Ertz, Kelsey, Gronk, and Kittle right now are obviously the top four. Yeah. Who's fifth and sixth in tight end scoring? Well, what about Ebron? Oh, Ebron. I apologize. Ebron yeah. is fourth. Who is fifth and what, sixth? Kittle. What, is, what about Kittle? He, he's in the Jared top Cook. four, too. Okay, he's fifth. Yeah. He's sixth. Oh, oh, I'm so I'm just I'm, I'm going gonna go, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with OJ Howard is probably still sixth. Oh, he's he's fallen now huh, since he hasn't You'll played. Never guess it. I'm sixth. Yeah, man. Now see now you're. It's Austin freaking Hooper. Oh, Austin Hooper is oh, the tight oh, end six this year. Gross. Did he score a point this week? Yeah, he's just kind. Of, he's been like um, he's been like the like the everyman every single week. Like he'll score like eight points, and by war of attrition, he's become the tight end six. And so. And this is something that we can talk oh. about in the offseason a little bit, a <laughs> little bit more uh, he had zero points. in depth. Yeah, he had zero points. There you go. So do we sort of melt the tight end position into the wide receiver position? Just it's flexes. There's no more tight end. It's just flexes and tight end is, is gone. No, 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 okay. no uh, I mean, you okay. stick with it because it sucks for everybody. And it, it creates and now it's it's going to create in the front half of the draft. It's going yep. to create this really fun kind of like. I think bubble almost because the top four or five tight ends are going to go on the first four or five rounds and it'll be a free fall. Hey, listen, I, I I would, I'm traditional. All right. I, hell, everyone wants to kick kickers out of the game. I I, I present you with Kaimi Fairbairn. All right. Who helped me win this week. 
so yeah, no. To, oh, the kicker to, discussion, we can do a whole show. Oh, yes, we can. But um, uh, no, I, I agree with you guys, but there's going to be a lot of people out there who are of the opinion that tight ends don't matter anymore and that you should just add an extra flex no, position because those starting people, lineup and remove tight ends. Those people, and I said this on Twitter and I made a lot of people's feelings hurt and I don't really care, and I will say this about this, because the argument for when, when people start saying stuff like that, it's I can't project them, so let's just get rid of it. And I think yeah. that's a weak argument. And I think tight ends... Well, that's not even true either. Well, that's also not true. But yeah. also, I, th- I think with tight ends, it, it is a cyclical thing. Like, yes, right now, it's bad. But remember, like a few years ago, we had a whole plethora of We had a ton. Yeah. Let's keep in mind also the fact that, you know, we had, you know, Hunter Henry got hurt, so we didn't have him for much of the yep. year. O.J. Howard, who was playing well, ends up getting Greg Olson. Greg Olson got hurt. You know, I mean, like, we, I think we may be seeing sort of the end of, of Gronk. I think he's sort of, you know, heading down to the end of his career. Also, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. And, you know, you know, so, like, I mean, I think there are Jack guys. Doyle. That we, we've yep. seen, you know, guys like Doyle. Like Ebron had a career year. We've been introduced to George Kittle in a big way. So, I think they're there's opportunities for it to come back. We still have a group of young guys like, you know, we don't know what Mike Gesicki could potentially do yeah. down there in Miami. I mean, there are a lot of guys that are on the way up. And I think there's one thing we've learned about tight end. It's that it takes, it literally takes two or three years for a tight end in the NFL. To right. Come around George, rookie tight ends. Right. Typically. Yeah. You typically don't see what Evan Ingram did. You typically don't see so. George Kittle, a fifth round draft pick come out here and be basically be Travis Kelsey. Right. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, and I, I, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure people will say, you know, let's just get rid of them. But I think it's a knee-jerk reaction because people are just frustrated. And so I don't want to do that. No, no I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, other weird thing, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, what the? Doug Marone, you're off my Christmas list, dude. Um, really? This was apparently planned what? where they gave Because him- they wanted to see David Williams? He had 14 touches in the first half, which is normal. Right. Puts him on pace for nearly 30 in the game. And he had one, one. in the second half. None in the third quarter. By the way, that was a completely competitive game all the way through. Right. And which made it even more baffling why they're, you know, it's one thing if you're getting blown out or whatever. Did you guys see Fournette return to kick? No. Yes. Yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he returned to kick. He has not returned to kick. I don't believe. I, it's probably been maybe since his freshman or sophomore year at LSU. Say, I was going to say, did he, do, did he do it at LSU even? Yeah, he did it. I remember him returning kicks at LSU. I, I actually remember that's how I originally saw Fournette. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's like 230 <laughs> and runs like a 4-3. He's just trucking dudes. On a hey, you know what's going to happen? Anyway, yeah. uh, we're talking about how he returned kicks. Doug Marone is not going to return to Jacksonville next season if he keeps doing Man, that. Man, that's – yeah, I don't get it. That was one of the weirder things of the week. What is just, the deal just, with you know, that? See, Jalen Ramsey after the game was like, I, uh, I'm only going to care about myself. Which, which I which I get in this in this instance, like you just got to take care of yourself. Things are deteriorating. Yeah, Fournette returned kicks his freshman year at LSU. Man, I just if I can make a suggestion, I say Jason Mendoza should be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and only people who watch The Good Place will get that joke. But that's fine. That is absolutely <laughs> that joke. Fine. Went. Yeah, I know. It's like whatever. It's fine. It was for me. It made me happy, and I'm okay. With I started watching that show, and like me and my girlfriend, after three or four episodes, were like. It's good. It's a funny show. Stick with it. Yeah. it and a- I love Ted Danson. I mean, Sam Malone, one of my favorite characters of all time from TV sitcom history, but I couldn't stick with it. Oh, Sorry, pal. It's all right. Short attention span. It's all right. I still love it. I don't mm-hmm. care. Uh, hey, so let's look ahead a little bit, shall we? There, I, I, I put down five guys who have had, let's just say, interesting recent performances and, you know, so much, I feel like so much of what we end up talking about in the offseason is... We, we talk a lot about how guys finish and, you know, we, we try to use that to project ahead and see what guys will do next year, where we should draft them, what have you. So I picked a few guys who have had interesting recent performances and, you know, get your thoughts on, on what you expect from them next year. So first on the list, no surprise, Derrick Henry, who has just been bananas the last two weeks, 409 rushing yards in the past two games. Didn't realize until later that he actually completed a pass yesterday. I didn't say that. He had a six-yard completion yesterday. So he's literally done just about everything for the Titans the last couple of weeks. Dude, so, yeah, I mean, he's had 78 points in his last two games. And before that, he had 95. So, I mean. (laughs) He's like within five or six points of being a top 15 running back. Right. So, I mean, when we start projecting him next year, do we remember weeks, (laughs) you know, weeks 14 and 15, Derrick Henry? Do we remember weeks, you know, one through 10? 12 whatever for Derrick Henry as a fantasy skeptic like I'm not going to reach for him like I'm afraid that you know people people will remember his finish or they'll look at his season long totals and be like oh yeah he's he's totally an RB too like I'll take him in the fourth round let's look at the the 
success that Derrick Henry has had uh, compared to whether or not the Titans have won or lost games. Okay, so they they beat up the Patriots. He had two touchdowns in that game, right? Then they lost to the Colts. He had 46 yards rushing. They lost to Houston. He had 30 yards rushing. They beat the Jets 40 yards and a touchdown. They beat the Jaguars 238-4. They beat the Giants 170-2. There's a correlation. And uh, I think the Titans are finally figuring it out. Derrick Henry was one of my favorite I don't know if he was going to be a draft bargain, but like sleeper breakout candidate guys, I guess he wasn't a sleeper, more of a breakout guy. And I guess better late than never. I don't know why they weren't giving this ball, the, the football to this dude like this earlier on in the season. Now, you can't handle 33 carries a week every single week. Oh, there you go. There, I mean, there's your what I mean, But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, Marcus, he was barely getting enough touches to produce in the first half of the season. Well, and now you're starting to see what this guy can do. And we always talk about it. He was here at NFL Network his rookie year. This dude is just gigantic. I don't know how the, teams tackle him. The problem with Henry is... When he's on the field, it makes you more predictable. If you're ahead and you're dominating the game like they did against the Giants yesterday, you can play Derrick Henry 70% of the snaps. But if you're in neutral game scripts, like Deion Lewis has a receiving threat. He has a mm-hmm. uh, more of a shifty, elusive, make-you-miss element to his game. Whereas Derrick Henry, I mean, he's just a tractor. He just goes downfield and just mows through people. So I think from a like predictability standpoint, when they're in close games, and when they have to throw to catch up, whatever uh, the case may be, I think that's why we see Henry's kind of just usage spike all over the place. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. Since since the Titans buy, so since they came out of their buy in Week Nine, he's averaging six point five yards per attempt and has ten scores. Bananas. Yeah, it's bananas. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking I'm looking at like the the rushing leaders right now too, and I'm looking at some of the guys who dominate the touches in their respective backfields. And, you know, you've got Todd Gurley, who's second in rushing, and obviously the Rams are having a great year. And, and you know, Zeke leads in rushing, and the Cowboys are, are you know, in, in line for a playoff spot, can win the division, what have you. But, you know, you've got your David Johnson. You've got Saquon. You've got Adrian Peterson. You know, you've got Joe Mixon. You've got Peyton Barber. These are all guys who are dominating the touches, and they're among the top ten in rushing, but their teams aren't going anywhere either. And I think, you know, this comes back to team building and the whole – you know, running backs don't matter sort of thing. And I think if you are the Titans, for instance, and you're looking at trying to kind of break the hold on that division, um, I get why they want to integrate Deion Lewis, why they don't want to give it to, to, you know, I mean, for our selfish purposes, yeah, give the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times and let him rumble. But I get for, for the Titans why they're a little probably more hesitant to try and like just load up on a big bruising back, especially for an offense that isn't necessarily the most fast paced. Unless this was their game plan all year round. I mean, like, you know, you stay in the hunt for a playoff spot and then you get to the second half of the season and you just you just run him. And that's been the case. There's been games earlier on this season. He barely touched the football and it was all Deion Lewis. And now Deion Lewis has basically been relegated to maybe not waiver wire fodder, but he's certainly not startable in most leagues. And Derrick Henry is just trucking dudes now. Yeah. I also say too, Jack Conklin, their right tackle missed the first three weeks of the season. It kind of slowed their offense down to start the year. And Conklin's been one of the best tackles. I mean, it's hard to say that because the tackle play in the NFL is so bad. But Jack Conklin is actually one of the best tackles in the NFL, and he's been back healthy over the last, like, whatever. Is Henry a top 50 pick next season? I guess it depends. Absolutely. I guess it depends on the He will be one. Yeah, he will be a He will be one. I will not be drafting him again in the top 50. There you go. Exactly. He will certainly be a top 50 pick next year, but I will not be taking him. There you go. Josh Allen, who we've talked about multiple times on this show in recent weeks, 18 or more fantasy points in four straight games, a lot of it because of his legs. And even though he didn't have a ton of rushing yards on Sunday, he did have a rushing touchdown, which certainly helped. I mean, look, look, he's not going to be in the top 10 of quarterbacks, probably not even the top 15 of quarterbacks. But I do think there are going to be a lot of folks who kind of you know, pull the trigger on him as maybe a second, you know, and, and certainly in two QB leagues, but even people who just want to draft two quarterbacks. I have a feeling Josh Allen is going to get drafted in a lot of leagues. Next. Yeah, well, it's because and, and I've said it a million times. <laughs> running backs. Uh, I'm sorry, see, I got uh, quarterbacks who can run with a football who are basically running backs are going to have more value. That's why we're going to see the value of Lamar Jackson rise. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if next season, a lot of fantasy analysts out there project him to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback because of his skills as a runner. And because he reminds us a lot of a guy like Mike Vick and Josh Allen, he's not nearly uh, as, I, I don't know that he's going to be nearly as prolific statistically as a guy like Lamar Jackson, but you can take him late. And 
there are some very interesting second-year quarterbacks because Baker Mayfield's going to have a season under his belt, right? So he's a guy who has shown some flashes this season. We talked about Lamar Jackson. We're talking about Josh Allen. So there, there's going to be some some very interesting second-year quarterbacks who could end up making a bigger impact uh, next season in 2019. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Uh, Dante Pettis, who... When he began the year, I think the Niners were hoping that he would mostly just be a special teams guy, kick and punt returns. Obviously, because of injuries, he has worked his way in, and he's played well. 13 or more PPR points in four straight games. This is an offense that is going to have some changes next season simply because Jimmy Garoppolo will be healthy. Jarek McKinnon, remember him? He'll be back, in theory, and he'll be healthy. You know, So, like, you know, things will sort of change. But... Pierre Garcon, likely gone, right? He's on IR. I can't imagine he's coming back next year. I mean, Marquise Goodwin should be back. We know George Kittle is going to be very much front and center in that offense. But Dante Pettis has the look to me of kind of a, I don't know, like a wide receiver three or four. I think he's going to be a really interesting, like, eighth or ninth round pick next Yeah, year. I think he's going to be. Because remember, remember how, many, how, how much we all love the 49ers offense coming into this yeah. season? It sort of fell apart. Well, but now I, mean, I had Dante still, Pettis. It still worked out. I mean, they're still, like, top three in rushing yards uh, per game. Um, Kittle has been a beast all season long. Dante Pettis has been a stud for the last month. Um, I'll say, too, like, the Niners are going evaluation mode right now. Marquise Goodwin only played seven snaps yesterday. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, Garcon will be off the roster. I kind of, it's almost, Pettis could kind of be their number one receiver. Next I mean, year. I mean, Kittle will be their de facto number one, but right. their top wide out. I think Pettis might be, be that guy. I think so too. I mean, I like what I've seen out of him. The guy's playing really good lately, pretty, uh, really good football lately. I, I, I think he's going to be a guy that, that gets a lot of run. I think he's that guy that we're all going to be like, hey, I got this sleeper pick for you, Dante Pettis. And then by the time we get to August, like everybody will be on Dante Pettis and he'll, you know, he'll be overvalued by the time we actually get to draft season. So, all right. So those are the guys who've been good. Kirk Cousins, not so much. Fewer than 17 fantasy points in five of his last six. We thought coming to Minnesota where he had Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and a healthy Dalvin Cook, we thought that maybe you know, we were ready to see how great Kirk Cousins could be, that he had the chance to be you know, certainly a top 10, maybe a top five fantasy quarterback. At this point, how much does Kirk Cousins even get drafted next year? No, he'll get drafted, but I mean, yeah. he won't be get drafted as a, as a QB1. He was, he was amongst the list of quarterbacks, and there was a long list that you drafted late. If your strategy was to wait on a quarterback, it was like, you know, Kirk Cousins and it was Big Ben and it was Philip Rivers, um, you know, Jared Goff. And those are the guys you were kind of targeting late. I think now he's going to be more of a QB, too. And because fantasy football is so reactional. I mean, you know, we we we, we tend to forget the the, you know, the past you know, uh, he's going to come off saying, well, you know, hey, Cousins had a bad year. We forget that in Washington for a few years, he was a top 10 quarterback and he was very good. We kind of forget that. We forget the past like that. So Cousins is going to end up being a QB, too. And, you know, it's amazing, too, that his numbers haven't been better, uh, considering the fact that he's got, you know, Thielen's having a great year, although he's, he's struggled lately. Stephon Diggs is having a great year as well. Other than that, they haven't really had much in terms of pass catchers. So Kyle Rudolph has been absent pretty much all Gone. Year. Yeah, I, I do wonder if there's something more going on, obviously, because, you know, John Filippo was fired midseason. This is a team that's going to make the playoffs this year, barring, I mean, barring they dropped their last two games against the Lions and the Bears and the, mm-hmm. the Eagles went out or something crazy. I mean, this team is going to the playoffs and they're going to be the number six seed. There's there's something going on with the Vikings. I mean, there's some sort of disconnect between Zimmer and the co- the rest of the coaching staff or the front office, because. I mean, you don't fire your offensive coordinator first year after signing Kirk Cousins to an $84 million deal if something is not right. Yeah, there was uh, – well, there, weren't there rumors that now, that, that uh, Zimmer and, and DeFilippo were having – I mean, there are rumors that they don't, yeah. they don't get along, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that happens all the time in the NFL, but there is something going on, and I just have to think that, that next season, I mean, they've got Adam Thielen, they've got Stephon Diggs. Their offensive line has fallen apart this year for – for a number of reasons. I've got to think, though, with the, that core, they'll get something figured out. I would think so. Um, so so maybe, yeah, maybe... Maybe Cousins is a bargain. Maybe he ends up being a draft bargain when it's all... Kirk was a draft bargain this year, and, I mean, he was fantastic to open the season, but, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the last... Since since basically week eight, it's yeah. kind of... It's gone sideways. Yeah, he him. had the big game against the Packers, but he's been under 215 yards in three straight. Right. 
Uh, James Conner, he was the RB6 through the first 15 weeks. Uh, he, although, you know, obviously he's been hurt the last couple, hasn't played. Even when he was on the field the last few, the rushing totals were down quite a bit from where they were earlier in the season. Uh, I made a joke on Twitter about, you know, Jalen Samuels you know, kind of playing well and that, you know, James Conner is the side piece who became the main thing and now watching his significant other, uh, you know, kind of have fun and, and meet somebody new. Realistically, yeah, James Conner will probably come back as the Steelers RB1. And I guess as long as as that's the situation, he's what, second, third round pick next year? I think, uh, yeah. I, I honestly think he's a back in a first round pick. Wow. Uh, he will yeah. get consideration. He'll get consideration. And year. I mean, Conner also, like, I just, I am, who knows, maybe this time off here with the injury is going to help him a little bit. But I mean, yeah, this is the most he's played in a while. You know, they don't play they don't play seasons this long in college. And uh, he had Le'Veon Bell ahead of him. So he wasn't really doing much last season. And Connor is in an offense, which I talked about, just breeds very good running back production. And that's how it's been for years, uh, you know, dating dating back to the start of Le'Veon. And so this is a this is a guy that, yeah, I, I think he's a back end of the first yeah. round top half of the second round draft pick uh, across the board. So it doesn't, it just doesn't, it hasn't mattered who's back there for Pittsburgh. I mean, Le'Veon Bell has averaged over 25 points per game. Uh, D'Angelo Williams, when he was a starter, was over 22 points per game. James Conner this year, over 22 points per game. James Conner in his first, or excuse me, Jalen Samuels in his last two starts, 17 and 19 yeah. per year points. I mean, yeah. it just kind of doesn't really matter who's back there for Pittsburgh. They're going to be producing. And yeah, it's a running back for you the offense. You want them in fantasy. Yep. I mean, so that makes Jalen Samuels an obvious handcuff then next year. Whenever whenever you draft James Conner, that means you have to you know plan on trying to get Jalen Samuels later on in that draft because, you know, something happens. We know that he can jump in there and, and be very productive. Um, quarterbacks, like it's, it's time to start looking ahead again, and we'll start doing, you know, actual rankings, I'm sure, later on in the show. But I was thinking about the top 10 quarterbacks for next year, right? And looking at – I looked at four guys who were sort of on the fringes uh, in terms of the, the quarterback scoring so far this year and just outside the top 10, and whether or not you guys would put these guys into your top 10 next season. So right now, Russell Wilson sits at quarterback 11 and has really turned it on since November. Early in the year, just didn't really do much. Still hasn't really run the ball a whole lot. That's taken a big chunk out of his game. Yeah, 321 yards rushing this year. He's got, I'm looking at it, he's got two games with no rushing rushing touchdowns either. No rushing touchdowns. I mean, this is a guy that accounted for all but two of the Seahawks touchdowns last year. Mm -hmm. Would either of you make him a top 10 quarterback next year? Probably back end of the top 10. Yeah. That's where I'd have him. I'd agree with that. I think he's probably going to be eight or nine next year. I mean, he's got multiple passing scores and what 12 yeah he's been really good he 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 always starts off slowly we kind of know that with russell and then he picks it up and he's been pretty it's reliable outside of one start a couple of weeks it's it's also remarkable too i mean seattle's 55 percent run heavy that's by far the highest clip in the nfl and wilson's still like a back half yeah 31 touchdown passes it's insane and i wonder how much you know look i I still think doug baldwin is not completely healthy or he certainly hasn't been he's nowhere near healthy Mm -hmm. man so Giving him an offseason to get healthy and get right again. And suddenly you put Doug Baldwin with Tyler Lockett, who's had his breakout year. It's a fun little team. It's a nice team to look at. Yep. Here's a big one. (laughs) Tom Brady, right? Like Tom Brady right now is the QB 13. We're always used to this time of year just, you know, Tom Brady's like set it and forget it in your lineup, right? You put him in. You're not worried about it, whatever. It hasn't been the case. And, And I said before the season, you know, 41 is 41, and I know he's eating his avocado ice cream, and he's got his TB12 method and all this kind of stuff, and that's cool, but there's only so long you can stiff arm father time. Yep. And, you know, the pieces around him aren't the same. Gronk is certainly not the same guy. And it's, it's fair to start asking, like, Tom Brady, is he still an elite fantasy quarterback? Next no. Year? Not, I mean, and we've started to see it in, in the second half of the season. Uh, he's given you 19 or more fantasy points twice since week eight. He's given you 13, 15, 11, 14, 13. And we've sort of seen this in the past. I remember after they had lost uh, to Kansas City a few seasons ago and everyone was freaking out that Tom Brady was going to start seeing his numbers decline and then ultimately he rebounded. But I don't know that there's going to be a rebound 
in in 2019. As you mentioned, you can't stiff arm Father Time forever. He's going to be unless here. you're Frank Gore, of course. Well, yes. <laughs> well, you know, Father Time got him. Uh, yep. That's only temporary. You <laughs> know, what is what is dead may never die. So Brady next season, and I mean, just quickly looking at the quarterback position, I mean, he's Mahomes is going ahead of him. Luck's going ahead of him. Breeze, Newton, uh, Deshaun Watson. Rogers. I would guess Goff. Rodgers will go ahead of him. I bet. And then Wilson. you get into that, like, Russell Wilson area, Matt Ryan, um, you know, Big Ben. Phil Rivers that's is never where, in that conversation, that's where he's going to be. be. That, right. Yeah. That's where that's where Brady's going to be. I think Rodgers is, is a legit – or not Rodgers. Rivers is a legit top 10 quarterback. Next I agree. Too. I have no doubt in my mind he's a top 10 too. quarterback. Uh, okay, so Dak Prescott, right? Like Dak early in the year was. Do we have meh. to? He was meh, right? Do we have to. They get Amari Cooper. No, he was lights out. I mean, I when, when they got Amari, he was lights out. Obviously, Sunday was not the case against the Colts, but you know, obviously, the, the idea we that they will have Amari Cooper for a full season. He'll have a full off season to work with, and we know Zeke's going to be there. I mean, maybe they'll figure out something. You know, who knows? Maybe Jeff Swain becomes the tight end that that they want, or Blake Jarwin, or Rico Gab, whoever. <laughs> I mean, so is Dak, is he good enough to creep in and be a top 10 quarterback? I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> I will say, my, I mean, Michael Gallup has been a great, he's going to be a great number two receiver. For right. Too. They, and I like they that are, pick for them. Actually set. There's been a few plays this season where Dak overthrew him and I'm like, yeah. oh, wide open. Dak has definitely missed some things this year. And yeah. I think he will always kind of be inconsistent play to play mm-hmm. in game to game. Um, I think that's just the, the style of quarterback he is. And as a result for fantasy, I don't think he'll be a top 10 quarterback. I mean, but he's just yeah. going to be another one. This is like we've been talking all show. I mean, there's like 25 quarterbacks and he's just like right in the middle of the 16th, 18th best one for fantasy. And Dude, you know, you know who I have been writing into my playoffs and I didn't play him this week. Jameis freaking Winston. Yeah. Like, dude, and I didn't draft him in, in any of those leagues because he was suspended to begin the year. No one drafted him, really. Like, the, and I always, Marcus knows I always you know tell the story of how I won a fantasy championship years ago with Matt Moore as my quarterback at the end of the season because my dudes got got hurt. Like this is a position that's it's it's the easiest position to replace in fantasy football. It really is. You lose a quarterback, you pick another one up. Josh Allen still available in over ninety percent of NFL.com leagues. The guy's been a top ten quarterback uh, over the last four weeks. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Okay, we got to change that. I mean, we, we we have to make we have to make there be some penalty for like waiting on a quarterback for waiting too long to get a quarterback. There's well, got to be a penalty. You go to QB or you go super flex and then that will change. I mean, I'm in a couple of those leagues and there is nothing on the waiver wire. There's nothing. So that makes it a little bit tougher. And then you have to come to the to the you know conclusion of whether or not you're going to actually play a quarterback over a good running back or a wide receiver in a PPR league. And it makes things very interesting. So. And, and again, you know, Marcus has said this before, and I think at some point, you know, in the offseason, we discuss there's a lot of things that that need to be changed within the game of fantasy football. Now, if you're someone who's just playing for fun, you're playing with your buddies, you're playing at work, then maybe that's different. But if you're in competitive leagues, there's a lot of things that could be changed uh, for the better within what is continuing to be a, a growing industry. Yeah, I, 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 without getting on a soapbox here, I mean, I think I think the changes that we can make, you know, and I still I still want to have our big fantasy summit, but I think we can make changes that that could be applicable for for everybody because I think we should, you know, we should be as inclusive as we can and get as many people to playing as we can. Um, so, you know, anyway, that's that's another story for another time. Uh-huh. Uh, last one. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Kirk Cousins, you know, so maybe because they can fix some things there in Minnesota. Maybe you know, we shouldn't be so harsh on judging Kirk Cousins and he can be better next year. Or is there a reason that Washington parted company with him after all those years? I think a big part of it does come down to the offensive line. And I, we just discussed it a few minutes ago, but the, the tension between Filippo and the rest of the coaching staff. Their offensive line has been horrible. I mean, Cousins has been top three in pressure rate all season long. They have a lot of pressure on 50% of his dropbacks on third downs this year. It's by far the highest rate in the NFL. They're bottom five in yards before first contact. I know they rushed the ball well against the, the Dolphins, but that's the Dolphins' front seven. Um, I, I don't. I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, we go back to this, like Cousins is kind of in that like quagmire of like top 15, top 18 running mm-hmm. uh, quarterbacks with, uh, with Dak. Right. Yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be an interesting. I think he will be a very interesting conversation next year uh, when we kind of try to figure it out. And 
so much of it might have to do with who the offensive coordinator is. If they stay with Stefanski, if they go somewhere else, then I think that'll that'll have a lot to do with it. So, yeah. uh, anyway, that's our you know look at top ten QBs. We'll kind of do some of these as we go on through the off season uh, and kind of figure out you know we'll be doing rankings and all that kind of stuff because why the hell not? We got plenty of time. <laughs> that's right. Uh, um, Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. So even if you're a stock market newcomer, you can invest for the first time with true confidence. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees, which means you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. And with a clear design and easy-to-understand charts and market data, Robinhood lets you place a trade on your smartphone in just four taps. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at nflive.robinhood.com. That's nflive.robinhood.com. All right, so just because it is championship week doesn't mean that you can take the week off from waivers. If you are playing, this is important. Go out and get somebody off the waiver wire that can help. There's a long list of guys that are available and potentially uh, productive for you this week. I highlighted just a few names that I think are of interest. Uh, The first one being Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones left the game on Sunday with a knee injury. At this moment, we're not sure exactly the severity of it. And you know whether or not he will potentially miss time, but we've been saying it, Fabs. Handcuff your running backs. Yeah. Uh, so if you've got Aaron Jones, if you, especially if you have Aaron Jones and you're still playing, mm-hmm. go get Jamal Williams. Yeah. But yeah. even if you don't, if Jamal Williams is the guy, yeah, go after him. Go dude. Get I mean, him, like right? he he could end up being an RB two for you. Like, listen, I get you know I get it. Aaron Jones is the better running back. We've said it all season long, and he was tremendous. But the opportunities that Williams will have in an offense where you can't put extra guys in the box because Aaron Rodgers will pick you apart, like, against the Bears, he had a great game. Like, once Aaron Jones left, there wasn't another Green Bay running back who touched the football but Jamal Williams. So if he's out there, get him. Against the Jets, he's an RB2 flex, like, at worst. What other running backs do they have? Not much. (laughs) And people forget, too, Jamal Williams was good last season. In the second half of the season, he was putting up some pretty decent numbers. That's relative. Jamal Williams was good because he got a ton of touches. But but volume is king in fantasy football, and that's why you you pick him up. Absolutely. He just has the elusiveness of, like, I don't know, like a vacuum cleaner. that. Oh, dude, I know. (laughs) It's all about volume. It's all about volume with him. I think somebody said he has the shiftiness of a Cadillac or something like a, like a 78 Cadillac <laughs> or something like that. Like, I mean, I, I, I wish I remember. But if, if that, he's but getting funny. 18 touches per yeah. game in that offense, man, I'm buying that broken down Cadillac. Uh, Kalen Belage, mostly because, look, man, I, I don't know. I hate the Drake. I don't know if Kenyon Drake, you know, beat Adam Gase at connect four a few times if he like took the last piece of pizza and like didn't say anything like left a corner of milk and just put it back in the fridge mm. i don't know but frank gore gets hurt and nothing changes in Kenyon drinks usage <laughs> rates so instead kalen balage comes in gets all these carries rips off with like a 75 yard yeah. touchdown run so I-, I may actually rank him ahead of drake this week adam gay said that drake not getting touches had nothing to do with any kind of injury and why not look and see what you have in, in Belage over the next two weeks of the season? Because Frank Gore is done. He, he's probably not going to play the rest of the year. What I like about, about Kalen Belage, and this, is, this goes back to his days at Arizona State, he is a big play guy, right? And we saw that yesterday with the big, long touchdown run. He, I think he's a high-ceiling, low-floor guy because if he doesn't rip off one of those long runs, he's also a guy who can give you, you know, 10 carries for – 17 yards or something like that. So just understand there's kind of upside and there's also a lot of risk involved with Kalen Balaj. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Foster and Adam Rank and I jumped on the Robert Foster hype train last week because we felt like even if Josh Allen doesn't have a great passing game, Robert Foster just has to catch one long pass, really. Uh, and he had over 100 yards. He had a touchdown. Second straight week. Um, and, you know, I don't know what this means for him going forward, but he is, especially if you're in a deeper league, if you're you know somewhere where the, the waiver wire is shallow, Robert Foster is that high ceiling guy. He's that lid popper that, again, he doesn't need a lot of targets. He only needs one or two to make something happen. Foster trails only T.Y. Hilton and Tyree Kill in gains of 20 plus yards over the last five weeks. Wow. 
Yeah, he's been awesome. <laughs> I, I was I was writing about it earlier this year. I mean, he was a very highly touted high school prospect going in Alabama, then got hurt. Basically, mm-hmm. played probably played hurt at Alabama his entire year. Calvin, uh, excuse me, his entire uh, time in Alabama. Calvin Ridley was the number one receiver there. Mark Cooper was there when Robert Foster was early. Uh, and early, he never really had a chance to blossom at Alabama. Played mm-hmm. hurt, went undrafted. But man, he's got some serious, serious juice. By he's, the way, there's a report. He's, he's played. He's definitely played himself into like the number two role. Buffalo needs a number one receiver. Yeah, right. Here. They they've desperately got to get some some more bodies and more talented pass catchers in there for Josh Allen. But Foster's he's he's the real deal, man. Report out there that uh, Fournette's dealing with an injured foot and could be limited in Week 16. That would be a fitting into his. So team. guess what. <laughs> so, hey, T.J. Yeldon, back on deck, everybody. Well, what about Williams? I don't know. For, uh, or Mar- I mean, Marone wanted to see this Williams Or so how, about, how about they traded a third-round pick for Carlos, Carlos Hyde, who was, was in healthy scratch. He was a healthy history. scratch this week. <laughs> hey, how about that? Backfield to avoid. So, speaking of backfields, Elijah McGuire, two straight weeks as the Jets featured back. Isaiah Correll is on injured reserve, so you want to take a look at him as well. We talked about John Kelly uh, as well. Uh, other wide receivers to target besides Foster, Robbie Anderson has had two games with 17 plus fantasy points and Sam Donald, you know, I, you know, I mentioned the, the second year quarterbacks in 2019 earlier, Sam Donald's another one. He's shown some flashes. He's shown some flashes as a potential playmaker. They just need to get him some more weapons in that offense. But Robbie Anderson has been, uh, has been better uh, over the last couple of weeks. Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, who we've also talked about. And, and I mean, this is for the deepest of the deep Alex Erickson. Because Man. somebody's got to catch the ball in Cincinnati, don't they? Yeah, I, I've stopped, I mean, I've stopped abiding deepest, by that philosophy. The deepest. <laughs> I, used, I used to believe in the, hey, somebody's got to catch it philosophy. And I've learned that, yeah, no, not, that's not really true. No. Like, no, not, not everybody has to catch the football there. A um, couple of defenses also worth noting. The Titans, uh, yep. they get to take on Washington this week. And look, I mean, I know Washington got a win against Jacksonville, but it wasn't like they lit the world on fire. So you give the, the Titans defense a spin. And the Colts, because mm-hmm. they have the New York football giants. Sorry, Eddie. Sorry, Ed. Yeah. Um, I, don't think, I don't think he's really up hurt. I think he I think he. You're is. now relegated to I think being he knows. A, pay, a very good fantasy matchup for defense. I think he knows the situation. Uh, I would also say, you know, if the Patriots are, not the Patriots, I'm sorry, if the Dolphins are out there uh, in your league against the Jaguars this week, especially now this news that there's potentially no Fournette, they still are starting Cody Kessler at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if the Dolphins are still floating around there, they might be an option for you as well this week. Yep. So, all right. It's Monday. And, you know, sadly, and a lot of you took an L this week in your respective fantasy leagues. Uh, so, Eddie, we have some we have some sadness on the Twitter. We do. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, you started off Monday morning with your uh, Jared Goff uh, issue. Uh, you're a nail biter. I am with Matt Money Smith. Championship. Yeah. Um, we'll start off. You retweeted a lot of uh, funny ones. So thank everyone who tweeted in to Marcus. Uh, we'll start it off with. Uh, JRTE said so he has Dak Prescott and Mari Cooper and Saquon let him down. Now they're just hoping that Ian Thomas can score five points to win his matchup. Uh, you know what? I need Ian Thomas to score a lot of points as well. Oh, my God. Uh, Week 16, we're relying on Ian Thomas. I mean, look, I, <laughs> I, I will say my situation is I'm playing against Matt Money Smith, and I need – I've got uh, Ian Thomas, I've got Will Lutz, and I have Mark Ingram, and I'm going against Alvin Kamara and DJ Moore. Uh, it's gonna be. I have a nine-point lead, so it's going to be close. I know what Marcus is going to be doing tonight. I will be glued to the TV yeah. watching this one. Yeah. Uh, Velvet Milkman wrote Amari Cooper and Philip Lindsay in my flex with Derrick Henry and Tevin Coleman on my bench. Big oof. Eesh. Yikes. Yeah. I would have. I would have started Tevin Coleman because I was big on Tevin Coleman. You yeah, were, he had yeah. a great. I match forgot. To, I forgot to text you yesterday. I was big on Tevin call. Coleman. Thanks. Uh, Gustav wrote, uh, he has DJ Moore, and the other person has Drew Brees and a three-point lead. So he has DJ Moore, and the other person has Drew Brees? And three points. Yeah, good luck with that. I need, I need, uh, yeah, I, I need Brees. <laughs> I need Brees to have a bad game, too, to beat David Boreanaz in our celebrity league yeah, to get to I the don't, championship. Uh, I, don't like, I don't like Gustav's chances. Um... L.K. Lumsden wrote, I had Zeke, Nick Chubb, and Lindsey, Brandon Cooks, and Big Ben. I'm going to lose unless Kamara brings in over seven points. See you next year, fantasy. Wait, over, over seven? seven? It's just seven. You're fine. Dude, if Kamara doesn't score seven. I mean, if, if Kamara doesn't score seven, then yes, you, you, you probably deserve to, to lose. But You know what that is? That That is one of those reverse jinx 
wines. That, I like to do those as you well. You might have got a reverse jinx tweet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carlos wrote, I lost by 22 because I started Dak over Matt Ryan. Uh, I mean, I don't know that that would have won it for you. I mean, I, I get it. It'll make you feel better. Yeah, but I don't think I don't I'm not, I have to look, but I don't nah, think because Matt Ryan was 22 points better than Dak uh, yesterday. Nah. Dak had right around six or seven and Ryan was right 24, around 24. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, it would have been closer, but yeah, you still would have lost. We can wrap up with this one from Justin deals with uh, tonight's uh, Monday night game between the Saints and Panthers. He benched Marlon Mack as his flex for Chris Godwin. He's down 12 points with Michael Thomas. See, but I mean, that that evil's on you, dude. I mean, I get it. Marlon Mack was not a great play, but Chris Godwin in Baltimore in the rain. Yeah. No, I'd rather, yeah, I'd much bad. rather go yeah, with the volume. That was a bad call. I think I probably would have started Mac. Yeah. Um, but what, 12 points from Michael Thomas? If the not impossible. wakes up, yeah. Not impossible. Assuming so, it's PPR. You know, uh, even in standard, I mean, you know, what, yeah, 60 and a touchdown? Yeah, like, that's, that's, that's doable. Yeah. That's possible for Michael Thomas. So, uh, you know, like, I have a good friend who used to always say magic happens on Monday night. So hopefully it, uh, it works out for you. That's it. We're done. We're getting out of here. Thanks for listening, as always, and uh, best of luck to you guys still in the playoffs. We'll come back, and we will preview everything on Thursday to get you ready for Week 16. For the rest of you, uh, hey, just come on back and listen to our voices because hopefully they sound good to you. Anyway, always remember, if at first you don't succeed, skydiving isn't for you. See you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.